0: What's up, what's up, people? It's your boy Mario back again with another episode. Um, got a special guest today doing a Real People, Real Purpose. Uh, so I'm truly excited about that. So uh, we ain't going to waste no time. Ain't going to talk your ear off about it, man. Get your favorite drink. If you're in traffic right now, I apologize. But uh, let's hit these guitars and get ready for another episode. all right we are back we are back welcome to my therapist made me do this podcast with mario and friends i am of course mario all right so i just got done watching the nba all-star game we'll get into that uh momentarily but first i'm gonna do something a little different i'm gonna pivot for a little bit um so like i said the name of the episode is uh this is a real people real purpose um it's february so i definitely wanted to uh, make sure I highlighted, you know, a black successful person that I knew and uh, I found like the perfect person uh, to go ahead and and highlight today. So we're going to introduce this man. Uh, he is a chief master sergeant in the United States Air Force for all of my uh, non-military friends uh, that listen. But uh, not only that, man, he's a mentor, uh joking buddy, uh we consider him family, man. He's a friend, so I want to welcome to the podcast Chief Master Sergeant Wayne Sharp. Wayne, how you doing, big fella?
1: It was good, G. How you doing?
0: Man, you know, another damn paradise, living the dream, surviving the nightmare. Listen, I think as long as I've known you, I don't think I've ever called you that in my entire life. I don't think I've ever (laughs) called you Chief Master Sergeant (laughs) Wayne Sharp, like ever. So for the rest of the show, y'all to hear me call him. Wayne, that's 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 how we, you know, that's how, that's how we get down. Now, uh, Wayne, did you watch the All Star game?
1: Man, I did, I did, man. I, I thought it was, I thought it was dope too. So, okay, so what what
0: were your thoughts about the whole weekend? Like, what did you think about the whole weekend? Like, so I'm gonna
1: whole... be honest, Mario. I'm gonna be honest, but so I actually uh, missed the dunk contest. You know, all the uh, Saturday stuff. Man, I forgot about it for whatever reason. Uh, I went back and watched it. Dunk contest. Trash,
2: big trash,
1: trash. Big uh, three point got good, but I don't. I don't believe the dude who deserved who won deserved to win. <laughs> don't believe. <laughs> I, I think if they had the right people in there, it would have been a different result. I'm cool with uh, first center, and, you know, in the history of the game winning, you know, and all that. But yeah. he's definitely not the shooter. Yeah. I think, man, you want to you know something real, man? And it's funny you brought this up because that's what I was going to pivot to. Because remember when I was telling you, oh, I'm going I'm to pivot to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to pivot. And I'm frustrated with the NBA, man.
0: Oh, this is good. This this is good. I'm, so we we are on the same page. So tell us, Wayne, what frustrates you about the NBA right now?
2: <laughs>
1: really? What, what frustrates me about it is is, is the NBA is, is trying to cater to a demographic, rather Put the best players out there. Period. Yep. Put the best players out there. Best shooter. We obviously saw. I know you saw the same game I saw. Yeah. And uh, we know Steph is out there. We know Steph is the best shooter. Why wasn't he in the, the three point shootout? Yeah,
0: like I think one year it was it was him. It might have been last year. Him and Clay was in it last year. I did. So yep. I ain't gonna lie to you. Hey, that's kind of like cheating. But I mean. This man, I ain't never seen, we've never seen anybody shoot like this dude before in my life. Like, this is, this is absolutely incredible. This fool shot the ball and turned around and looked at the crowd and said, hey, did it, did it go in? It
1: It was unreal, man. So, in my mind, it's like, okay, so we gonna have a call Anthony Towns win the three-point shootout. Are we really, are we serious? You might as well put Joel Embiid in there.
0: Oh, Lord, don't put him in there because you know he all about it.
1: He was like what six or eight, six yeah. or ten, uh, something like that. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I enjoyed. I, I like the format they brought. I, I like the format they brought to the actual All Star game yeah. to make it more competitive, which the uh, quote on semi, yeah. Quote. But you know, over and above all, great game. And uh, in my mind, though, dunk contest needs to go away.
0: Yeah, I, man. I, I kind of wish, I know this sounds crazy, and I've seen a lot of people say it, but, man, I think it would be cool if some kind of way, I don't know, they gave, like, the the street ballers, give them, like, a five-day contract or something, I don't know, and let them just come in here and just go crazy. Now, I know that takes away from, you know, actual NBA players, like, doing dunks, but I just feel like, man, I don't, it just, the whole, like, Saturday vibe was kind of like the, that was the warm-up to get you excited about the Sunday game. But mm-hmm. that dunk contest was so bad in so many ways, and I'm just like, man, like I, I don't know.
2: Man,
0: this was is, is different. Did you,
1: did you see Kareem?
0: Yes. <laughs> well, he <laughs> grabbed the
1: Lakers jacket and walked out the stadium.
0: Like man, you know what? It's uh, it's time for me to leave.
1: I'm gonna go. <laughs> said, oh man, I can't do this no more. He grabbed his jacket when Buddy missed a little between the legs joint. He was like, "I'm out."
0: Yeah. And it's like I mean, don't get me wrong. I can't do none of them dunks, or I ain't dunked in. I God knows, probably twenty years. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, man, just I don't know. I I don't know. We just we gotta do better. We gotta do better in NBA. But I I do think the the All Star game, the actual game, that fourth quarter, man. Ever since they changed the rules, I think that was the best thing to happen. Because like you can see, you can see everybody working hard to play, and it's a, it's for such a dope cause, man. I thought that was. Yeah. I thought that was pretty neat, man. I thought that was pretty yep. neat. All right. Yep. So, let's get into uh let's get into some small business highlights. Uh real quick. Oh, no, let me pivot back real quick. Uh so feedback from the last show. So, definitely want to say thank you to everybody uh that reached out on the last show. Uh seems to be another one of them episodes where, you know, like I said, it was just really just giving people, you know, helpful tips to kind of uh improve their work-life balance right And really have nothing profound and then like that to say but a lot of people said it was a good podcast they enjoyed the episode uh like i said i hope like something that we talked about uh last week kind of help people you know create like work-life harmony because truly be told like most of most of us especially in the military like we we don't have a work-life balance it's literally like 90 percent work and 10 percent of everything else you got going on Uh, so I don't know, you know, like I said, I hope, you know, whatever we, we talk about, if there's something that you can just start from a little piece and, you know, just work big, work on being better from there. I'm totally cool with that. One thing I will say about that podcast, like I said, everybody always remember you are the priority. I always tell people to make yourself the priority over everything else. Cause if you're not good, nothing around you is going to be good. So you can't say the world if you can't say yourself. Now, Wayne actually hit me up uh not too long ago cuz he actually listened to the podcast with the with the spitting preacher. So <laughs> uh any thoughts on that? Uh Wayne about the, the 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 spit word heard around the world?
1: So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's some thought uh I never saw the video until you you actually started talking about it. Yeah. So I was like, "Yo, yo Mario, what is this? This website. because <laughs> like? I've never heard of this. Maybe because I don't go to church as much as I need to. Matter of fact, I don't go to church very much at all because I ain't been in a while because of COVID. But long story short, I'm like, let me see what this is. Bruh, that was the nastiest mess I've ever seen. Yeah, that was uh that was different, man. And uh, I want to know about the buddy with the braid. Who was who was willing to allow that to happen? Once I watched the video, I'm like, and he didn't look like in his mind he felt comfortable with doing that at exactly. all. Exactly. So supposedly,
0: <laughs> supposedly, that was his brother, like supposedly that was his blood brother. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know if they didn't talk this out completely <laughs> before. Like, all right, so this is what I'm gonna do, or maybe he thought, oh, I'm just gonna spray some water on you, and you know, just make it look like spit. I don't just like you said the look on his face when he honked up that first, like like he was spit. His brother was looking like, "Oh, this ain't what we rehearsed. This ain't what we rehearsed at all. Like this is, sir, this is off the script. This is off the script. This is, this is bad."
1: He lathered it up like it was soap, and I was like, "Ah, nah." And dog, uh, <laughs> truthfully, truthfully, I got grossed out. Yeah, yeah. I got grossed out. But what I will tell you, what Stewart was trying to get across. And if you go back, if you if you listen to, you know, the videos after it was done, he regretted what he what he did. He he realized, oh, that wasn't a good look. He apologized, but at the end of the day, it you know already happened. Yeah, it <laughs> <laughs> you know already happened. Right. He already put the loogie on my
2: man's face.
0: <laughs> Out of there. And like I like I truly wonder if nobody. If there wasn't a backlash about it, would he still feel sorry? Like, if everybody's like, oh, man, like, this was such a great interpretation of, like, that story in the Bible. Like, would he still feel the same way, or would he look mm-hmm. at it differently? Like, oh, you know, I get it was a good interpretation, but I, I probably still shouldn't, like, glaze my brother's face with my spit. Like, I, I don't know. Please. Would it make it any Mario if it wasn't his
1: brother?
0: Oh, I, I Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I I feel like you can only you can only I don't want to say swindle, but I feel like you can only convince somebody that's super super close to you to even agree to do something like that. I think if it was like a regular, you know, uh, what you call him, deacon in the church or something, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the reaction might have been a little different.
1: I don't know. I don't know. This was Elijah, my son. He put he was a preacher. He put that spit on my face. Nothing changes. I'm still. I'm still not happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not happy. It could be Ayana. Daddy, I just want to put some spit on your face. I'm be like, ah, nah.
0: Nah. It was I'm not gonna happen. <laughs> Man. All right. So uh, let's get into some uh, small business highlights, right? So, <laughs> so my first one is uh I don't want to call her oldie, but goody, But, man, my girl Crystal from Steadily Organized, she uh, she has made her way upstairs and into our closet, right? I'm going to post some pictures. I'm going to take some pictures of how she did our closet. Man, mm-hmm. so when this lady, I'm telling you, I love Crystal to death. Like, she's like, it's not OCD, but her organizational skills are so amazing. Like, I literally was downstairs, like, watching TV, and I came upstairs, and she had, like, color-coded like all my jerseys, all my dress shirts, like literally, you walk in there, it looks like a, it looks like a, a big color palette, and then you go to like Jessica's side of the closet, and it's like all her crip blue stuff for her sorority, and it's just like I was like, man, this is amazing. Like it's, it's so simple, but it's, I can't explain it, but like she never ceases to amaze me. Like every every part of our house, she's done. Like it just gives us a lot more clarity on like you know. Save, like, creating more space, like, you know, having to move things around and make things make a little more sense. Or, you know, more importantly, like, even, like, our pantry, man, like, we save so much money because I buy so much extra stuff just because I don't know what stuff is. But, like, the way yep. she lined all the stuff up now, I mean, it's. I just look and say, all right, so I know this was here and it ain't here no more. I can go buy this. Like, it's, it's simple things like that. And, like, she really, like, harps on just making people's life easier. And, man, I... I can't sing that girl praises enough, man. So thank you, Crystal, as always, for coming to organize our life. Man, I might. I've been avoiding having her come to the game room, but it's probably going to end up happening shortly, man. Now, I got to. Wait, I want to tell you a little story, man. So (laughs) there was a lady that works with me. And uh, she said, Mario, you have to try this place in Arizona. They have the best Philly cheesesteaks you will ever eat. In your entire life. said, my husband, when I was pregnant, I would make my husband dr- husband drive an hour to come to this place and get these cheesesteaks. So I was like, huh, I like cheesesteaks. I like fries. Cool. So yesterday I was like, all right, let's load up the car. We going to the cheesesteak place. Now, the place is called Uncle Sam's Cheesesteak. So let me just paint a picture for you. <laughs> Let me paint a picture for you. So you walk into the, you walk up to the door, and there are these like maybe four foot Uncle Sam statues, like right outside the door. And I was like, "All right." So I already know what this is going to be when I walk in here. A lot of Bush folks in the room. You know what I'm saying? So I just walk in, and I'm like, "Cool." So I walk in there, and like, I don't get, I don't get like rattled by things, right? But one thing I noticed real quick. Is we was like the only black people in the whole restaurant, right? And I was like, okay, you know, hey, cool. It is what it is. Not a lot of black people in Arizona. Uh, so obviously we walk, you know, we walk and we sit down and like instantly, you know, Jessica's like, oh, like these people next to us are staring at us. I don't know. So it was just craziness, right? But I'm here for the food. I heard y'all got the best cheese steaks. Boom. So I'm like, hey, let me get the mushroom cheesesteak. Let me get uh, fries, all the fries you can give me. Uh, we got like a little basket of uh, fried mushrooms and fried zucchini. I think Jessica got. Hey, what you got? Jessica got chicken wings. Miles got a sandwich. Maya got chicken wings, chicken tenders. Right. Okay. So hear me out. So when they say that they make cheese steaks, that's exactly what they make. They put steak on the grill. They put cheese on the steak on the grill. They chop it up. They put it on some bread and they serve it to you. It literally tastes like nothing else. And here was the crazy part. Like the fries was like that. The fried zucchini was like that. Like nothing had taste. It was literally the most unseasoned place I had ever been in my entire it was probably top five. Like hands down. So much so and I was like, man, they should call this place unseasoned because I knew they- <laughs> I don't even think it's salt exists in that restaurant. And I'm like, man, so I'm thinking, I'm like, man, if I was at the crib, I would literally, if I'm like, all right, y'all, I'm going to make uh, like a chicken Philly. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go get the chicken. I'm going to chop it up. I'm going to, you know, throw a little seasoning on it, a little salt, pepper, a little Irish, you know, a little garlic, you know, whatever, you know, something to give it some taste. I'm convinced that these people literally just put steak and cheese on the grill. Like, you asked for a cheesesteak, we're giving you a cheesesteak. That was it. Yeah. And I was like, ugh, just, I don't know. So, you in Texas, right? So, your experience is way different because I know they season food in Texas. But, like, mm-hmm. this ain't the first place I've been in Arizona where, like, I just feel like, like, you. it's almost like I gotta say, hey, can I have, Uh, can I get a, a ribeye? But, can you, like, season it? Like, you gotta request it to be seasoned because if you don't, like if you want a steak, you just gonna get a piece of meat on the grill how you want it to be cooked. Really, just kind of kill my whole, kind of kill my whole vibe. Cause I was like, man, like I feel like I was just I was eating like like steamed meat. I don't know. It's hard. it's hard to explain. I just wasn't a fan of it at all, man. And literally, I, I I always know a place is bad cause just could just be looking at me crazy and I'd be like, that's her. We ain't ever coming back your face ever again. So. Nonetheless, I'm back on the hunt for a Philly cheesesteak place in Arizona because Uncle Sam's cheesesteaks, that ain't it. So, Uncle
1: Sam, Mark, yeah. Put, so, what I came to learn, man, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, Lisa, wifey, she puts me on game all the time. So, just like you talking about in uh, Arizona, they don't put no seasoning. So, last night, bro, I made meatballs. What I What I consider my mother's. Best meatballs. She gave me the she gave me the recipe. She gave me the uh recipe for the gravy. And I'm like, man, I'm about to smash this tonight. We we finna we finna get this thing popping. <laughs> but bruh, when I tell you when everybody been into them meatballs, the seasoning was too much. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Much. Hold on. So
0: we went from unseasoned Uncle Sam cheesesteaks to your overseasoned meatballs.
1: Bro, when I tell you I put some of that sloppy mama so I had put sloppy mama in there. I put uh you know the green peppers, red peppers, uh the gravy. My mother told me, "Hey, my hey son, you need to put the uh the the uh what it called it, the uh the the broth the, the, the beef broth in the gravy." So it was a set of water, put the beef up in there. I thought everything was straight. Mashed potatoes was busting a little bit. But where I messed up, my guy, is I put uh, t- tomatillo, tomato uh, powder in there, right? And, mm. you know, my wife is Hispanic. So I put the, the tomato powder in there, swished it around. So so my mashed potatoes was orange. They were oranges in my <laughs> It was orange, right? So I was like, bet. And so I scooped it on everybody's plate. I'm like, yo, I finally got the recipe right. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I got the recipe right. I put it on everybody's plate. Hey, Mario, you could probably guess the only child that said, this is good, daddy. Oh, Cece busted him down. Yeah, yeah, it was like this joint is obvious. Everybody else was looking at me like, this is horrible. I know that ain't who I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is horrible. Cool. Cool. Like I know that ain't that ain't grandma that ain't grandma meatballs at all cause that <laughs> she, They was like, nah, so so but let me tell you this. So I didn't eat I didn't eat because it, it was saucy. Like right? wait,
0: time out, time out, time out. So you fed <laughs> the whole family the food, but you ain't eat it at all. You just I watched
1: them it. eat it. I watched them eat it. So uh I, <laughs> By 2 a.m., I woke up, a little hungry, right? Uh, we had about nine, eight, uh, nine, eight or nine meatballs left. So I was like, you know what, man, it's 2 a.m. I'm going to go grab a couple of meatballs <laughs> and, <laughs> and go and heat them up and at least, you know, you know try to tr- try to not get my blood pressure or whatever. But when I went to go get the meatballs, Mario, they was gone.
0: Well, okay, wait a minute. Everybody ate them?
1: everybody
0: ate them dog they was <laughs> so wait so wait everybody so everybody just told you how horrible these meatballs was and you thinking it's leftovers in the fridge so sometimes you put stuff in the fridge you let all the flavors kind of come together sometimes it tastes pretty good the next day but uh-uh they smashed the meatballs
1: they smashed the meatballs. So, matter of fact, <laughs> while we was watching the All-Star game, because I had asked, like, yo, who ate all the meatballs? Yanni was like, Daddy, I only had three. It wasn't me. And I was like, all right, well, who ate them? <laughs> you, could already, you could already guess who killed themselves off the game. <laughs> got hungry. Came downstairs at about one thirty, 130, one thirty five. Heated them Jones' up and smashed the meatballs. And I'm like, my God. Like, I never even got one. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Elijah ate the last six meatballs. And, and bruh, when I say these was tire-sized meatballs, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they were tire-sized meatballs. He's like, oh, my God. I didn't think he was going to eat none and everything. So, at the end of the day, I was like, I'm just going go ahead and bust them back. And I'm like, but, bruh... I- <laughs> I thought the meatballs was good. It was the of potatoes that was messed up. Oh,
0: my God. Man, shout out to my dog. You
1: so, at me. So, so, so the point I'm trying to make is at the end of the day, with, you know, obviously, you knew I was stationed in Luke. Right. With, with Arizona, the problem is, you know, Lisa tells me all the time, I would rather you not put any seasoning in there and let me season my own
0: food. Oh. So she just rather you leave it? Uncle Sam's cheesesteak style, and then she, yeah, posed so she home trouble.
1: She would have rocked with it, but she would have more or less put her own seasoning on there. Salt and pepper, obviously, salt and pepper is probably the best seasoning anyway. She would have, <laughs> she would have, she would have just saw, you know, salted and seasoned it herself. Um, and I think that's, I think that's more or less what Arizona does. I mean, you even go to Mexican food restaurant, food would be bland, except for Filiberto's. Mm. I ain't trying. You own a Hey,
0: filibertos yet oh I might put that on the list for tomorrow.
1: I you put filibertos on your list man filibertos is the best drunk food in, in, in Phoenix dog go to filibertos get the uh carne asada fry <gasps>
0: you know what is this the place that's open 24 hours yes sir oh so that man I talked to you offline I actually saw that place one day and I was like man they got a, a picture above it and it was like man like try our carne asada fries and I was like man That sounds really good, but I never, like, whenever I'm hungry, I never just venture off that far. It's always, my family always make it to Chick-fil-A, and then we would be like, all right, we're just going to eat some Chick-fil-A.
1: And we call it good. Uh, got to go to Chick-fil-A. You got to try a Filiberto's. You can actually get the carne asada burrito. You can get the fries. You can actually get, um, what they call that, Joel? They have some other special menu stuff. But if you knew, anyway, you know the mug is buffing cause they mean you got a broken uh plexiglass on the uh menu <laughs> <laughs> You know that mug busting cause yeah. the plexiglass falls off. You know. Yeah. That mug is that, that's the one.
0: That's the one. You're like, man, it look real sketchy. That means somebody in the back straight whipping it up.
1: I so the that. thing is, it only it's only gonna be traditionally one person in the kitchen. He got on a Reagan shirt. <laughs> He got a Raiders shirt. He's a Raiders fan, and he's <laughs> busting the fries back. And the thing is, their fries are crinkle cut. Mm.
2: Okay.
1: Crinkle cut fries, because you know, you know, traditionally, if you think about fries, they are uh, you know uh, whatever fry you get. if crinkle cut doesn't soak up the juice. Really? Okay, so I didn't know this. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know this. This crinkle is- cut soak up the juice. So when you fry them joints, you can you know any other fry you can go you can go uh uh what they call it uh what's what, what's 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 the, what's the town it's in a, it's not in America it's uh pan uh Panama. Oh, like the country. Yeah, so you get like the, uh, the chicken plate. You can get what they call los los saltado.
2: Okay.
1: Los saltado, you know, is a good is a good plate with beef you know, peppers, different kind of stuff. But the problem is the frog they use and not crinkle cut. Crinkle cut doesn't soak up the juice. So whatever you put on there, you still getting an the crunch.
0: Listen, so I'm going to tell y'all Wayne. Okay. So if you're ever on who wants to be a millionaire, right? You know how <laughs> they got like phone a friend. Wayne is that person that just has the most random facts about the most random stuff you ever know. I guarantee you none of y'all knew that about this crinkle Cut fry thing. That's that's Wayne. That this is why I love Wayne. This is how he is. This is what he does. All right, man. So look, we go we're gonna pivot, we're gonna pivot to the good part. We're gonna to get to the meat and potatoes, uh, as we say. So so like I said, the name of this uh, the name of this episode in particular is Real People, Real Purpose. Now, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, Real People, Real Purpose is a segment that I do on regular, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but regular people that do extraordinary things, right? So let me just introduce you guys to Wayne. Let me tell you guys about how we met Wayne. So we were all living in North Dakota, right? And I think my wife was there. I was deployed. My wife was there for a little bit. And uh, I forgot, if I don't know if she met you or your wife. Uh, oh, we met JD first. So we're going to have to get the whole garage crew on here one day. But long story short, uh, Wayne and like his family, we're just going to talk about Wayne in this case. But like Wayne and his family, like pretty much became like an extension of our household. So I'm talking like we probably spent more time at their house than we spent in anybody else. It was we mind you, we're in North Dakota. It could be negative thirty, negative forty, and they just like, well, hey, we got the heater out, we got some music going, we just we live in a dream like that. That's what we're doing. Um, the thing that I've always appreciated about Wayne, and he'll tell you in a minute, but like Wayne and I don't even have the same job. Like Wayne and my wife don't even have. Well, they did have the same job at one point, but Wayne is probably one of the most selfless people I've ever met in my entire life. And the amount of people that he goes out of his way to help will will probably blow your mind. Like, and you know, just really a, a good person to if you want to sit back and uh, think about people who like foster good relationships or people to foster good relationships with. Like his family is one of those people. They done watched our kids. Like in a pinch, like just, man, just real good people that you just want to have. And it was it was to the point when we left. You know the the little the little what do you call it, village that we left behind. Like, when we left, it was, like, super sad for us to leave, man, because we had really met just genuinely good people. And that's kind of the downfall to being in the military sometimes. Like, you meet real good people. You have a real good core unit. You do a whole bunch of fun stuff. And then it's almost like one by one, everybody started leaving. And that's exactly what happened to us. It was like everybody just left, like, one by one. So, But, yeah, so we are going to uh, get to know Wayne a little better today. And uh, we're just going to, you know, have a little conversation. It's funny because we, we had this con- these conversations with Wayne out of time. This is just the, I guess, the formal one we've ever done. Um, so we're going to start with this. So Wayne, what is your occupation? What do you do or what have you done uh, job-wise for the Air Force? Hey, so so before,
1: before I even say any of that, man, uh, the first thing I'm going to say, first off, man, uh, is uh congrats on the podcast man oh, i, I see, got it busting and uh blessed blessed to even be on here honestly honestly this is the first so I, i've done a couple of things similar to this even on uh shepherd air force base with uh, a couple of things with pa and all that man but but this is kind of the vibe i, I pr- appreciate because it's real oh yeah oh yeah uh, it's real so uh, man, been in, been in the Air Force for 24 years, 20, 24 and some change as of February 4th. Uh, security forces by trade, six years as a first sergeant. Uh, been at White Whiteman, been at uh, Korea, where I met my wife. I've been at uh, Luke Air Force Base, Creech, Kirtland, Minot, and now I'm at Shepherd Man. And, uh, obviously at Minot is where I met y'all. I'm, 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 Man, I am a pigment of a lot of good people. Yeah. That's just real. I'm not where I'm at because of what I've done. Matter of fact, I'd be willing to say I'm probably the worst security force member in the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> I would be legitimate. And I say that all the time. I tell my commander that all the time. I'm like, sir, I am not the guy for you to be willing to have a conversation about handcuffing somebody. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's just being, Lisa was all worried about, hey, I'm being the cop outside be careful what you say. No, man, people want People need to hear real stuff. I was never a fan of the security forces, but I will say it made me. Uh, and what I've come to learn, man, with all this, man, is there's this, there's this, there's this acronym I use. It's called uh, just be a good person. Yeah. Just be a good person, man. All the stuff we talking about right now with the military all, we, all the stuff we talking about with promotion, and you know i, I bring every tech sergeant into my office uh whether they made it or whether they just be put it on as I say man, just be a good person how I make chief I don't know Because <laughs> notbecause at the time it, the, at the 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 timing for me was different it was just I had good time my do and uh but I say, at the end of the day, you could be the best defender and the worst person. Mm. You won't make it. Yeah. You could be the worst defender and the best person, and you will make it. If you look at the way the Air Force, if you look at Joanne Bass, Chief Bass, you know, respectfully, or you look at Chief Brown, and you look at what they talk about in today's Air Force, it has nothing to do with the knowledge you have in your job.
2: Right.
1: It has a lot to do with how you are as an individual. Yep. You talk about diversity and inclusion. But here's the problem, Mario. A lot of people, when they talk about diversity and inclusion, they talk about black people. Mm-hmm. Diversity and inclusion is people. And when you talk about diversity and inclusion, you talk about size, right? Mm-hmm. You want your narrative to be.
0: Right. Now, there's a term uh, that people use in the military a lot. They call it playing the game. And, you know, uh-huh. people say, hey, you know, you can go as far as you want to in the military as long as you're willing to play the game. Um, uh-huh. What are your thoughts on that? Like do, like, do you feel like there is a game, so to speak, and I say that with air quotes, that you have to play to get what you need? Or I say to get what you need, but get what you would like to get, so awards, promotion, that kind of thing. Or do you truly feel like you can, you know, be true to who you are and, you know, do the work, take care of your people and all that kind of stuff and still be rewarded the right way without, you know, doing a lot of backdooring and all that kind of stuff?
1: So for me, man, I don't, I'm believing that term. I think the Air Force is based on timing.
0: Yeah we've had this speech. He's giving me this speech a lot, y'all.
1: <laughs> hey, yeah. So timing, you know, you know, truth to the game, whatever you want to call it. Timing is important with the Air Force. man. Hey Mario, Wayne Sharp shouldn't have been a first sergeant of the year. And I will tell you, first sergeant of the year wouldn't have happened the year before, the year before, probably the year before that. First sergeant of the year is based on, the, you know, for me, when I speak on myself, it's, it's based. it was based on a situation. Mm-hmm. It just so happened it just wasn't good packages that year. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh or if you look at your career field, there's what, hundreds some change? Yeah, it's rough. Uh, <laughs> right? yeah. You you talk about man, you know, you look at first sergeants is like twelve hundred, or at least in the year the year I was in there is about twelve, thirteen hundred. You gotta, you gotta really be able to manipulate, manipulate, manipulate your mindset to understand that where you're at, you are where you're supposed to be. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, let's just take Jessica for for example. She's gonna, she's probably gonna make. Well, I hope she makes it It's not really, it's neither here nor there. She makes it. She makes it. She doesn't. She doesn't. Does right. so if we go back to the onion there's a timing piece involved in all this.
2: hmm
1: If timing doesn't match up to what it is you're trying to do, you're not going to make it.
0: And that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. And I'm not going to lie, including myself at one point in time, like until you and mm-hmm. I had a conversation and, you know, just for, you know, like clarification. So like, since I've known Wayne, like Wayne looks at all my reports, you know, everything I do, like I tell him everything and I'm just like, man, like, I feel like I'm doing everything right, but I'm not I'm not getting anything on the back end. And he he gave me these three words that I literally passed to people to this day. He said, Mario, ride the wave like you're not you're not doing anything bad. You're, like you're doing everything you're supposed to do. Like keep doing that. And like you said, like it's, it's really true. Like timing, everything happens when it's supposed to happen. And but I I will tell you for a lot of people and a lot of military people gonna to listen to this podcast, they'll tell you that like that is really frustrating sometimes when you see people who do less than you do, but they have realized like, hey, if I if I rub shoulders with Chief Sharp or if I'm over here with this person, then that'll they'll remember my name from, from me just being around them. I don't wanna say brown nosing, but essentially that's what it is. Like people kinda of networking their way to promotions.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's say, hard for a lot of people.
1: You say ride the wave, and I, I, mean, I agree with that, and I, I live by that. But if you ain't on a boogie board <laughs> and you can't swim, you gonna drown. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give y'all another little tidbit about Wayne. So Wayne has these these really <laughs> weird analogies, and they sound crazy when you hear him the first time. But I promise you, just let that marinate for a little bit in your spirit, and I promise you it'll make sense. I promise you it will. But you're, but you're, you're absolutely right, and I think um, a lot of this goes back to um, taking pride in what you do. So this is this is literally like something that I'm going through right now, and you know, as a medic, and you know, I love the hell out of my job. Like I love taking care of people. God put me on this earth to take care of people, and One of the most frustrating things I noticed that I'm I'm around a lot of people who don't have the same pride that I have uh, when it comes to, you know, just being really good at your job. And I just I feel like a lot of that, a lot of the reasons why people don't get the things that they want, especially from a military standpoint, is that they don't really take a lot of pride in what they do. Like this is almost like a like something to just pass time for me. You know, people that tell you all the time like this isn't. The military isn't a job like they'll tell you, it's it's pretty much a lifestyle. Like everything about it is, uh, you know, from the deployments, you know, the long trainings you go on, like just the normal. We don't do normal things that regular people have to deal with. But I feel like sometimes a lot of people just don't take a lot of pride day to day in like what they do. And I really feel like that really hinders them sometimes from getting the or seeing the results that they want to see. Do you agree with that or you disagree with that?
1: No, I agree whole, wholeheartedly, man. But once again, I'll say to you, man, it's like uh, sometimes you pick your career field, sometimes you don't. But at the end of the day, a lot of us, we come into this military not, not knowing what the cars are going to be dealt. Ooh, so man. I'll just give you an example. Coming in security forces because of a damn 203.
0: Now, what's a 203 for for all of our
1: non-military people and uh, our military right? people? It's a grenade launcher. So I was thinking, oh, I'm about to just shoot grenades at people and they're gonna die. <laughs> I only I didn't want no problems. I didn't want to, I didn't want I didn't want to die. But yeah. it looked hot, right? <laughs> I didn't realize that security forces large curfew in the air force. Yep. I didn't realize. It. I do remember if uh if we go back to 19 what? ninety three, ninety two, somewhere up in there, mother had took me to uh not an air shell, but she had took me to uh uh joint with the F F uh F one twenty the the, the the triangle plane F one twenty twos or something. Yeah so, what up joints was and I was like, yo, I wanna and it was so as I oh I wanna guard those. So as I as I was walking on the flight line, this lady, sharp sharp lady she had her hair right. I don't know who she was. But I stepped over the red line. Ooh! I said th- I was like, she was like, "Hey, get back!" And I was like, "What?" She was like, "Get back!" And I was like, 10 maybe at the time, maybe eleven or somewhere." And I was like, "Who the hell are you talking to?" He <laughs> so she was like, "No, get back!" She put she pulled her M sixteen and put it on my chest. She said, "Get back!" Ooh! And I was like, "Dang! Oh man!" I was like, "I want to. I kind of want to do that." And then when I want to do that. <laughs> but when my mom, my mom was like, "No." When I was getting ready to come in the airport, she was like, "Nah, you do not do that job. It's horrible." And I was like, "Well, mom, you know, at the end, you don't run me. I'm gonna do it." And then when I did, I was like, "You were right. You were right." <laughs> <laughs> so wait. So
0: your defining moment. So I love talking to people about what made them join the military. So what mm-hmm. did it for you? What made Wayne Sharp say, "You know what? This is it for me." Was when a lady put her rifle in your chest as a ten year old for crossing a red line at an airshow. That was it. That's when you knew this is the job for me. new that
1: wasn't when I knew. That wasn't <laughs> when. I knew. Well, it truly, was when I knew it was when my pops kept getting on me, and he was like, "Yo, you gotta get up out of here." And I was like, "Well, I got time." But you know, security forces is the easiest job to get into in the Air Force. Mm. You know, and, and the, the thing is, for me, is my family uh, is, is Air Force. We, we were Air Force. My mother, my dad, all Autumn Cap, they all were Air Force. My but my mom and dad were both come. Okay. So I ended up, you know, saying, you know, I'm gonna go in cause college. You know, you know how college is. Right.
2: You know, I
1: ain't feeling it. So I I came in the Air Force, and I was like, all right, back. So I came in actually trying to be an air traffic controller. Ooh. Talk I was supposed to, yeah, I was supposedly had something with my eyes. So I went back home uh, and uh, they was like, yo, you didn't qualify for air, air traffic controller for something. I don't remember what it was, nearsighted, close sighted, whatever it was. I was like, all right, cool. So I, they were like hey but you can be public affairs I was like oh that's that's what it says perfect graphic design all that and everything yeah. boom but that they were like but but your uh you know your your time your, your time you gotta wait is like nine months so I was like, I bet I'll wait nine months and then like like three weeks later I was like I'm not waiting no nine months <laughs> <laughs> so they said open gel oh I went in I, I was like that so I got the basic training cried in the car all that you know you know all our stuff people do laying in the bed I shaved my empty face I ain't got no hair <laughs> and uh boom they was like hey you're gonna be security forces and I was like all oh, that 203 was popping so I'm good I'm about to go blow up, blow up blocks right <laughs> grenade launchers oh dick. yeah grenade launcher. And, you know all that and then I got to my first base put me on the gate. Bruh. Checking that. Bruh, with the ascot. Ooh, elite gate guard. I need you to explain to to the contingency what, what the ascot is.
0: Okay, so from what I remember, so when I was stationed in D.C., so picture it. Picture a person in a regular military uniform, right? So... Security forces or cops for my civilian people, you know, you're just you're in a military uniform, uh, fatigues, as y'all would call them. And, um, you know, they would have like their beret on security forces has beret and they have their uh, vest and their rifles and all that stuff. So in elite Gate Guard, um, they would normally wear our formal uniform, whereas like our our really nice blues uniform, the one that y'all say we look like we work for Delta and fly planes in. Normally they normally they would wear those uniforms at the gate. Now mind you, they have the the dress, the slacks, like blouse, and they have like this uh, white shirt with like the little. It's like a little fake tie situation. It's like a scarf. Yeah, it's like it's like a scarf. Thank you, babe. And uh, they wear that rain, sleet, snow. It looks really uncomfortable to the rest of us. Like it just doesn't look like an ideal uniform to be shooting people in the face with grenades with. It doesn't. Like, that's just, it doesn't look comfortable with us. But, hey, if y'all like it, I love it. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> man, you know, but but I will tell you, man, you know, at the end of the day, great, great opportunity. When you look back, man, I would love for them to bring it back, you know, because it just instills the level of discipline and all that.
2: Yeah. But
1: at the end of the day, bruh, when I look back on my career, been so blessed uh not only not only with opportunity but just with people man and you, and you so you know you know as much as you gonna big me up i'm gonna big you up mario oh this is my podcast but, i big you up you don't big me up This <laughs> uh, is my podcast today uh, <laughs> mario let's talk about mario here we go y'all we talk about selfless individuals man we talk about people people uh, we talk about the ability to to uh, to uh, to facilitate with people you you don't actually relate to. That's that guy. Matter of fact, well, let's talk about Jessica. Oh, you know who on the phone with earlier, talking about all her problems. Allie, <laughs> uh, just good man, good family, good people, great, great ability to. Uh, relate to anybody, man. Uh, blessed to be able to chop it up with both of y'all, man. Just good, just good fam, man. Uh, period. So, this is dope, man. I appreciate you getting me on, man. This is this dope, bro. Yeah,
0: no, man. You know, no, no problem. So, so let me, so let me ask you this. So, your, so your wife is also security forces. Now, I'm gonna tell you guys, like, security forces is a very stressful job there's a very high suicide rate, unfortunately, or I don't know if it's high, but like you commonly hear when there's a suicide, you commonly hear is with a security forces member or a maintainer. Um, But they used to have like super high uh, ops tempo. So I've always wanted to interview a military person. So with you having like a family, man, how like as you were coming up through the ranks, how was it dealing with deployments and being gone and you know missing birthdays anniversaries like that kind of thing like how how was that for you like how how was that how did your family uh cope with you and uh, sometimes your wife even being gone like how did y'all handle that how did your family as a unit handle that because not a lot of families about recover from that some families legit the military members gone on one deployment, they come back home to an empty house. Kids gone, everything. So I'd imagine in twenty four years, you you've been gone a lot of places. So how do you guys handle that?
1: Well, so to be honest with you, uh, Lisa's only deployed once. Mm, okay. So uh, she deployed to Iraq. To uh, I can't remember the name of the base. It'll, it'll pop in my head in a minute. But she deployed to uh, a prison. In two thousand and six, but I've deployed four four times since we've been married. Uh, and truth be told, man, it was it was what it was. And matter of fact, my last deployment, there was no tears. There was no like, and hey, daddy, you leaving." We, you know, you you eventually adapt. Yeah. Um, you know, you eventually adapt, and you just take it for what it is. Um, I haven't deployed since what 2009, I think, mm-hmm. to Iraq. And by the way, I got shot at uh, by a sniper. Could die, but I survived because i was a thug. <laughs> but long story short, I was like, "Are hey, you, you man? I died a bullet on you." But but long story short, man, uh, I'll just like here's the thing, man. My kids are as much as they don't want to come in the air for it, well, maybe Elijah, but as much as they don't want to come in the air force, what really, what really, uh, pills them off is the fact they understand what we do. Yeah. They, and we, and we talk to them about it. We, you know, at the end of the day, you know, this is, this is how we live. This is what we do. Uh, and you know, Lisa was actually supposed to deploy. I don't even know how I told you this, bro. Lee's was supposed to deploy in July. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. She and them going for whatever reason, you know, and uh, long story short, family's ready, bro. The family's ready. Like, go ahead and go. She would have probably come back somewhere in, in the area of uh, right now. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, you you already know. It's no different than when you are or Jessica leave your kids are ready. Yeah, it t- it just it's a different vibe, bro. They they just ah, uh, dad gotta go, Mine gotta go. Okay, we'll we'll figure it out. But what I what I got a problem with Mario? I'm not combing no hair, man. This is <laughs>
2: bro, this is fucking. Good, <laughs> <laughs> don't give don't give
0: that is a sore subject in the Revere home, man. We uh, we we trying to get one percent one percent better every day on this combing hair thing. This is uh listen, Jessica. Eyes just rolled in the back of her head, man. Listen, this is <laughs> this is different, man. This is different. So, so, so let me ask you this. So, there have been uh, in the past couple of years, there have been a lot of uh, reports. And allegations about like black people um, not really being afforded the same opportunities in the military, or there was one not too long ago saying that like uh, uh, black people or black people in the military are subjected to uh, harsher punishments than like maybe our Caucasian counterparts. Now, last time I looked, they saw it, they said the black people made up like 41% of the military, which is crazy. I didn't even believe it, I, ain't, I couldn't believe that. But in your opinion, um, How has life um, How has life In the military been as a black person Like do you agree or disagree With people not being afforded The same opportunities now this is really Interesting asking you this because Like I said y'all he's a He's a chief master sergeant like he He's at the pinnacle Almost at the pinnacle of his career But we got friends We've seen we've heard things so like In your opinion like do you like do you feel like that's true or false? Like do you agree or do you disagree? Or like what is your experience? What is your experience being as a black person?
1: I'm gonna tell you like this. Let me toss the coins, Jessica. And <laughs> here's why I say that. All those aside. look at a squadron with a black person as the first sergeant.
2: hmm
1: Look at a squadron with a black chief look at a squadron with a black commander you're gonna i'm telling you you're gonna see a different uh ratio of discipline on black people Mm. period that is guaranteed you you want to you want to talk numbers so um I'm going to say the name. I'm not going to say your name. Please don't say no name. (laughs) You look at the squadron I've been in. Mm -hmm. When I walked into the squadron, Buddy said, yo, we got 25 article 15. Of those 25 article Fifteens, 15 or 20 of them was black. Jesus. I walk into the squadron as a black first sergeant, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm about to flip the script on you in a minute, but uh, it goes down. Maybe one, right? Wow. Maybe one. Yeah. maybe because black folks need somebody to look up to true story right? true story period now let me let me put let me put a muffin, let me put on you back on this you got black children mm-hmm. you want to go to mountain home or you want to sh- uh sh- or no let's go let's go let's say this you want your kids to go to Mountain home or Seymour johnson
0: Mountain Home is in Idaho?
1: Yeah.
0: Definitely not there. I, like, I want to go somewhere where my kids see people that look like them. That's That's just, I don't know if everybody feels that way, but it's honestly the same issue we've had in this assignment and my last one. Like, Miles, now, my middle me, child, he, he struggles with we, that. Like, he don't he doesn't now, see Maria, people like
1: this Now, Mario, let me ask you this question. Now, Mario, let me ask you this question. Imagine me a white. You adopted two black children. Mhm. You want to go to Everyone or want to see more
0: Johnson. Oh, so that <laughs> So if I'm white and I have adopted two black kids. Ooh. Yeah. So it's it's going to depend on what you how important representation is in your family. Because uh-huh. people are going to naturally gravitate to what they feel it's comfortable, and if I'm a, if I'm a white person, I'm going to want to be around Caucasian people, I'm assuming, because black people are the exact same way. I just went in the restaurant yesterday, and there was nothing but white people in there, and the first thing yeah. that came out of my mouth was like, man, like, I mean, it would just be nice if it was like one black person in the corner. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just, it just makes you feel more comfortable. Like, you just like, okay, you know, people don't give you the weird looks and things like that, so, yeah, I, I would imagine that that person will want to go where representation to them matters the most. Unless, you know, that's a conversation in their home and, you know, Seymour Johnson may give you a little more diversity.
1: Mario. the two white people who adopted the black children Mm -hmm. wanted to go to Johnson.
0: The two white people that adopted the black children wanted to go to... Now, Seymour Johnson is in...
2: North, North
1: Carolina. Carolina. Okay, gotcha. So they wanted to go somewhere where they their kids and, I, I mean, if they said, Wayne, you want to go to Mount home? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would rather go to Mount home than, than Seymour Johnson for my kids or my kid because I, me and my kid, you know, most of them are older. But truth be told, my, my kids was raised in a diverse, you know, perspective. Yeah. So... You go to, um, you know, Mount Home, It's gonna be diverse, and I would rather them go there. But if you go look at Seymour Johnson, that's That's majority black. Yeah, my kids never been to a black school. Mm. They've never been there, so they, they were, you know, in the mo- in the big in the big scheme of things, like I want to put you in the environment. Yeah. You know, my the, when I did uh, I'm about to put I'm about to put some shit on you too right now. Uh when I had my interviews for command chief, it, and hopefully I don't lose my job over this. Nintendo <laughs> commander said, uh, how are your kids gonna do? He don't even know who he don't even know what my family look like. He assumes my wife's black, she's not. Yeah. He said, Are your kids gonna have any problems here? I said, Well, no. <laughs> I'm not. They're, not they're, just, they're gonna be just fine. Matter of fact, I'd rather come here than Seymour Johnson because my one of my children, my youngest one, is gonna probably be like, "Daddy, yeah, don't like it," um, because there's too many black kids. She only realized she's actually black from Nigeria, by the way, because I got my, uh, I got my, uh, you know, ancestry done. You Nigerian, my dude Oh, daddy, I don't know what I'm gonna do, Bruh, <laughs> This is this is real conversation, bro. Yeah, this real conversation. So, at the end of the day, when I look at this, one, if you ask me that question, one, you don't really know how comfortable you are in your own skin. Yeah. You don't know how you are, you comfortable you are in your own skin, number one. Number two, at the end of the day, what does it matter? Yeah. What does it matter? At the end of the day, if I'm qualified for the job, don't ask me what the hell i be comfortable with. Yeah. What you gonna be comfortable with? You come to a wing shot, pulling up and doing the best you can do for your squad, for your wing? Are you comfortable with one of my kids going to be comfortable
2: because
0: I'll make them comfortable yeah. man that's a that's an interesting outlook on it like I, I don't think I've ever i ever, ever like thought about it like that but it's true like I'm like I'm I'm there to do a job My like literally your job is to take care of people a large mm-hmm. large groups of people and you're going to do that um. Yep. But obviously like I like at the beginning I said you know like you are the priority like you take care of yourself and you take care of everybody else around you like you're gonna make sure your family's okay um yep. I'll be so I'll be honest with you though like when it, when it comes to like being black in the military so I actually had a conversation with somebody about this not too long ago before I came to North Dakota and met you J.D. P. Lee So, like i would i would tell people black people i'm like man like believe it or not there are more white people in the military that have gave me opportunities and you know looked out for me and made sure i was in positions to succeed than there were black people and like so it was so that's why i never it was always hard for me to Kind of jump on like the I don't want to say jump on the train, but like you know I I've never been one of those like all white people like out to get us kind of person because I know like there there are some there's some bad apples. What do they say? There's some bad apples on every tree in in every bunch. Um, but I know, like I said, I know I can I can interview five more military people and they will tell me totally. They'll have a totally different experience uh, than we have. So I yeah. I don't know. It's, it's always interesting to me. I, I don't, I don't dis, I don't disqualify, uh, what anybody, you know, anybody's allegations of what they've experienced. Cause honestly, like as much as I've been fortunate enough to just have people, regardless of color, uh, like look out for me and take care of me. Like, I would be crazy to think that like some of these stories of, you know, favoritism and all those kind of things aren't true. You know what I'm saying? Just cause it's not happening to me. Don't mean it ain't happening. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think at the end of the day, like you said, like going back to the, to the young lady uh, with the awards, like, man, I feel like if you're doing the job and you do what you're supposed to do to the best of your ability and you're meeting whatever standards uh, that the military has for you, I think we should be good. And I feel like you should be surrounded by people regardless of color that are going to pour into whatever goals you have, whether that's making chief one day or, hell, just doing your four years and retiring and starting a family or what have you. Like I feel like like it just, you know, color, to me, color shouldn't matter, but unfortunately it does. Like I said, I see it, but I just, I hate that it's like that. You know what I'm saying? I hate that I have to, I've been fortunate enough to be in an experience like this, but other people haven't been able to experience some of the, the things that I've had with people of different races. Like it's I don't know. It's, it's, always, it's yeah. always difficult. Difficult piece for me. But, um. Yeah. So I will tell you, so in your opinion, like, this... This age, this society or this culture of the military we have now is everybody's gunning for promotions. Uh, Everybody's gunning for awards. And it doesn't necessarily matter how good you are at your job or whatever, you know, awesome programs you're a part of or that things like people have found ways to kind of circumvent the system uh, to kind of make themselves look good and other people look bad. And that's not everybody. There's a lot of people that, you know, grind it out and do things the right way and then get what they need to get. But there are others that have found loopholes in the systems in great areas and they, it has worked for them. Um, but yeah. in your opinion, like what is the key to being successful in the military? And I understand that success is very subjective to everybody, but in your opinion with people you've dealt with, hell you've dealt with me and my wife before, just, you know, talking about like how we are from a, a work standpoint and all those kind of things. And you know what our goals are and what we want to do. Like, What, in your opinion, what is the key to being successful in the military?
1: J-Bag P. (laughs) Just be a good person. person. That's it, dog. Yeah. Just be a good person, man. Just do right by people. Uh, You know, I always say, well, I don't know what I say, but to me, I look at this when I stop worrying about promotion. Yeah. i just worried about doing right by people. I got more successful. Yeah, J. Bag P. Just be a good person. Period. You could sit up here and worry about, uh well, Samantha's a great army. Uh She's gonna win the annual award. Uh, uh-huh. she's amazing. No, bro, just do right by people. Yeah. If you just just sit back for a minute. And if you really look at anybody, well, I'm not going to say everybody, but if you look at anybody who's successful, traditionally speaking, in my mind, if you look, if I look at people who get forced distro, and I could talk about forced distro because we do it in our schwazer for most people, um, everybody gets it is a good person. Yeah. maybe Maybe not the best. Uh, but, they, but they do right by people. They take care of their airmen. They take care of their spouse, you know, whatever you want to equate it to. But just be a good individual, man. And you know what? I'm probably wrong, honestly. Uh, in, a, in a lot of cases, I'm probably wrong as, as, as hell with all this. But <laughs> uh, Mario, you didn't get to where you are because you were just a great technician. Nah, not at
0: all. Not at all.
1: You got there because you were e- easily able to relate to a lot of people. Absolutely. Whatever whatever them people were about, you were able to create a little comedy. You were able to give a vibe. You were able to, you know, you know, create a, a different situation. But long story short, Wayne Shark got where he's at because he DJ good. But I ain't make cheap because I was a good fucking cop. Straight up. That's the, if I because I was a good defender, bro, If I was a good if I needed to get somewhere because I was a good defender, I'd be a tech sergeant. Mm. Straight up. Straight up. I'd be a tech sergeant right now because I was I was a decent defender. No. I was good people. And people were willing to rock with me because of the fact it was able to relate in some way, shape, or form. Period. That's straight up and down.
0: I think that's one of your greatest traits, Wayne. I'll be honest with you. It's easy for people to uh, follow you and take heed to your advice because you come off as a real person. Like, you don't come off as, like, this exalted person that should be holier than down. You you come off as a person who's like, hey, like, you made that mistake? Oh, psh, I did this too. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, man, you're like, okay, so... There are normal people in the military who ain't admit to not being perfect, but they also want to make sure that you, you know, get whatever you need to get out of it. I, this is one of the greatest traits you have. That's what I think.
1: All right, I'm going to tell you, I'm an Article 15 recipient. <laughs> I ain't going to talk about why I got it. Nobody don't <laughs> need to that right now, but I'm going to tell you I got it. And I'll tell you, it woke me up, and I was like, oh, snap. You know, man, Article 15. Game over. Never gonna b- progress. But what it did for me, bruh, is made me mad.
2: At your
1: or Well, it made me mad at uh, myself and everybody else. Like, bruh, I ain't even deserved it, bruh. But long story short, I gotta make moves. You know what I'm saying? And then when I like I was saying earlier, it's like uh uh text uh staff sergeant sharp, just just do what you need to do. You got me in a little special duty. Then got to my next base, textual. Sergeant. Okay. Oh, they put me in situations. Guy, I'm say his name because I equate everything I'm for right now to this guy. This is, uh, this is the only name I'm going to say John Doherty. John Doherty said, Hey, Sharp, you need to be a command. You need to be a first sergeant. I said, Sir, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really agree. I ain't really about people like that. He said, man, listen, Sharp. I wish I could call him right now. I wish I could be beam into this conversation right now. So he even I don't know, I did a lot of my success, all my success to him. Wow. The most inconspicuous person on the planet, the command chief, he said, Sharp, swear to God, man, you would be a great 1st uh, heard.'" And I'm going to make you one. And here's what he did. Straight up. Uh, I ended up getting picked up with a failed PT test, by the way. That, that part you don't even know. I don't even know if I told you. Nah,
0: I don't think I've ever heard this before. This is, oh, is news to I, me. I
1: was on a failed PT test because I had something wrong with my back or medical something wrong medically. And I failed my PT I couldn't run. So I went to run. I took like two PT tests. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Three PT tests in two days. And he was like, I understand you have something wrong. I want you to be a first sergeant. And I was like, sir, are you sure? He was like, yep. I was like, bet. <laughs> the first day I put on master sergeant, I was in the medical group Dundee as the first sergeant. Man. Never forget this, man. John Doxity, who I've, I've talked to him on many occasions. Was like, you the truth, uh, you do whatever you're gonna do this, and just, I don't care. So he ended up having a fight with me at uh, uh, AFMC NASSCOM. Uh He was like, I want him to be a first. He's like, well, he's on the fail PT test. He said, I don't give a shit. You know, whatever. I want to be a shirt. Boom! Got a shirt joint. Passed my next PT test, by the way. So don't judge me, anybody on the podcast. <laughs> you know, cause you know they're judging by that PT test, boy. Yeah, tell them no judge <laughs> Boom. So, long story short, I got, I got, I got the joint, and uh, boom, became a shirt man. And six years later, uh, I'm, 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 I'm essentially, we if we look at reality, that was what. May 2013 or uh, mm-hmm. 14, whatever time. Uh, boom. Got a shirt. You know, enjoyed it or whatever. But bruh, John Doherty is exactly the reason why I am where, I'm at, where I am today. And John Doherty's a white dude, bruh.
0: Oh, I was about to ask that. I said, I was going to ask if he was a white person or a black person, just to kind of,
1: for perspective God,
2: in the his conversation. Wife,
1: and his wife is wonderful. Uh, beautiful family, got you know kids. His son was in the squad that I was a shirt for when I was in AMXS. Uh, beautiful squad, man. And matter of fact, when this shit come off, I'm gonna say it to him.
2: Man.
0: But you know, like so, this is so this is interesting that you that you just told us this story because at the root of every person I've ever done a real people, real purpose song. They all mention one person. There was, there was this person that inspired me to do this. And then that, in turn, allowed them to help so many other people. And y'all, like, when I tell y'all, like, Wayne has been such an influence on so many people. There is 100% Wayne doesn't have nothing I do benefits Wayne at all. He has he get I could send him my EPRs every year and he'd be like, bro, I don't I'm not medical. I don't know anything about this. Like I he doesn't have a reason to do this at all. And I would still be cool with him. But for you to to take the time and really pour into so many people's lives after all these years is like thankful uh is in part to this this dockery guy. Like that's like that's freaking awesome. Now I will tell you guys this. If there's one piece of advice that I could give you, because everybody talks about like mentorship, wanting somebody to, you know, take them under their wing. One thing that I appreciate about Wayne is if you're doing the work, like if you're like, if you're doing your part, Wayne will always help you. But it's not like a, hey, I ain't doing shit with my life. Fix me because I'm not doing that. I've never taken Wayne as that kind of person. Like normally when I go to him and I talk to him for things like I'm. I'm already doing my part. Like I already, I already have my ducks in a row. Everything's laid out. I just need guidance on like how to keep this all together so I can stop from going crazy. So, but man, like I, I, like I'm truly, I'm truly amazed that everybody I talk to, they literally always have that one person, and it's always somebody who you least expect, or like you said, they don't even realize it. And like them pouring into you has in turn allowed you to pour into so many other people. And in in true in true fashion, in true Air Force fashion, you taking care of other people is in turn gonna make sure you get taken care of and here you are looking at taking a job as a command chief.
1: That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. It is, man. Humbling, honestly. Humbling. Uh and I'll tell you, man, with the interviews, bruh, uh, those were ultra humbling. Cause you know how commanders are, and I, I'm talking about three pilots who don't know me from Adam. And when I tell you they schedule uh, the uh, the interviews for thirty minutes, it mm-hmm. was on the phone hour each one, man. I'm I'm not, uh, and at the end of the day, if I get one, cool. If I don't, no big deal, and I'll just figure it out fun. and and we'll rock with it. But, but bruh, but, bruh, you can't. Uh. With the command chief shit, you look at, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to be in for twenty five years here soon, bro. And at twenty six, you can't even apply for command chief no more.
0: Oh, you know. What? I, so I don't think I've ever asked you this, but I don't personally. I can't see myself being in the military that long. What keeps you around so long? Because by the way, guys, Wayne can literally. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. After you hit twenty years. You can punch the button whenever you want to. You can yeah, wake can. up and be like, "Yep, yeah, I'm done." Mm-hmm. So what? Like, what keeps you? Like, what keeps you getting up every day, putting on the uniform, dealing with all the BS, the good and the bad? Like, what keeps you getting up doing that every day?
1: Bro, I don't even had no bad dog. I'm blessed. That's awesome. I'm blessed, man. You know my my wife being active duty, my uh, kids understanding what active active duty is about. And uh uh really man, you know what keeps me more than anything even if I you know, I ain't gonna talk about my squad, because I probably cry. <laughs> I the, dude, I'll probably cry straight up I got a dope squad of airmen who grinded out, got all these requirements placed on but uh, like, yeah yeah, so I gotta say that. Bruh, this is what they actually do. I would do it. My squad is fire, bruh. And you ain't need it. I wish I could pull up just to see these cats. Even even on the gate, even on patrol, the lights is, the lights are flashing all over the place. And I'm like, man, I write tickets, and that loop. tickets are not fire, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, they'll, but they'll do it. It's just, man. I'm just thankful for having the opportunities I have with the people I got rocking with me, uh and and in and, and this squadron, man. And so you probably don't remember for real, but dope uh op suit, dope S five suit, dope S four suit. Like my my is fire, man. Just just fire. So so I get motivated by good people. Yeah. And just like I was telling you earlier, uh, just be a good person, man. Yeah,
0: just say, be good. I was gonna say, if you had any parting shots for anybody in the military listening to this, what would you say? But I feel like just be a good person. It's so simple, but so many people don't do it.
1: It, it is. It's, it's 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 humbling to uh, throw that out. Uh, my my wing commander, General Jew. He uh, he's like, man, what you gonna say? Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm about to go in here and turn up. And he's gonna say to me, uh, ah, that was awesome. That was you did a great job. <laughs> Bruh, simple simple message. Just be a good person, man. That's
0: see.
1: All that other stuff, did you just, ah, well, how I'm gonna get promoted? Who cares? Just be a good person, man. Just be a humble individual, have a little empathy for people. Just a little. I don't even need you to have a lot. <laughs> just have a little.
0: That's real.
1: And, and and just be a good person, man. And you know, I treat your life like your parents asked you to, to treat it. Hey, clean the kitchen, oh, Dad, I don't want to. Okay, <laughs> you're not a good person. Yeah. Just be a good individual, man, and you know, as 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 we, we keep chopping up on this podcast, I can't give you no better message than that. Yeah. Just be the person. That's real.
0: Here. I think I, I think we gonna end it on that. Well, man, I just uh man, so first of all, so let me say like like thank you first of all, because I cannot tell you like I don't think you, I don't think you realize how cool it is to like be able to just pick up the phone and like just call a chief and you can just like you can just be yourself. Like there are many people that wish they could just have this conversation right now. Where like you don't have to put in the sir your sir like you don't have to do nothing crazy, but literally just just be yourself and have like a, a real conversation with that. And like for sure. that, like I I appreciate you always like fostering that environment with like me and Jessica or hell anybody. Uh, that we know, but you always create an environment where you want people to be transparent and that are, that requires them to be authentic in themselves because you don't, you can't truly help somebody if they're not really being who they really are, whether that be the, the superstar or the person that legit done screwed up and need to get better. Um, so man, like for real, like thank you for always creating an environment uh, where you know we can always be transparent with you and you know in turn we're always open to whatever feedback that you give us man so i'm forever indebted for your mentorship uh your friendship more importantly and uh you know always you know all the stuff your family has done with us man we are we're forever indebted to y'all man you got any uh you got any parting words before we get out of here we pushing the an hour and 30 yep. minutes and people be tripping when i be going over an hour and 20 minutes
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, I uh you know shout out to Jess man shout out to you man shout out to the fam and uh bless bless I have the opportunity to chop it up with you a little bit man this is dope honestly man very humbling, honestly and uh you know let's get
0: it bro now do, do you want anybody in the military to reach out to you if they got any questions so uh,
1: is anybody want to chop it up man if anybody felt some way about how I'm talking about Hit me up at Wayne, W-A-Y-N-E sharp at USA, mill, or you can hit me up on lvnative2000 at gmail.com I, I man, you know, I'm always open to, to to go hard with anybody, man, so I'm good.
0: Absolutely. He's going to give it to you straight. I'm just going to give you a warning. So if you, you call him and ask him for whatever, he's going to give it to you straight. So just just expect that.
1: Oh, hit me up 702 You can text me at that too. <laughs> I, I love I would love to help anybody uh, who who needs conversation or just 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 want to chop it up a little bit, man. I'm 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 good with that too. He' there, serious too. Hey, but uh, hey, delete that part. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys.
0: Hey, it was a privilege, man. Thank y'all for listening, as always. Um, I have some of the most awesome supporters on the planet, man. I appreciate all the feedback y'all give me. Um, Man, I, I'm i always humble and thankful for all the, the nice things or even the feedback, you know, even stuff that people don't agree with. Um, I'm always thankful for y'all, man. So keep listening, keep liking, keep sharing, tell a friend and tell a friend. And uh, until next time, man, we'll see y'all later.